Welcome to another fun-filled edition of Second City Sports Zoom style. Zoom, Zoom style. <laughs> Along with the cast of characters, Miss Lakina McGee, Lamont Scott, and Jason Pfeiffer making his return. I am Sydney Brown. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You can follow me at Lamont Scott on Facebook, Lamont Scott 69 on Instagram, and Lamont Scott 16 on Twitter. You can follow right, me. Lakina. You can follow me at Keita McGee on Twitter and at Keita underscore McGee on the IG. And you can follow me at Truth and Reason underscore on the Twitter. And you can follow this show at War on Anchor, which kicks you over to Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud. Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you download your podcast, make sure you download, make sure you download War on Anger. We're also on iHeartRadio. Download that iHeartRadio app. When you do, type in the search engine box, War on Anger. That's W-A-R-R on Anger. And we're also on YouTube at War Media. Once again, W-A-R-R Media. You can, you can not only listen to us, but you can watch us do our thing live. Here we are. Hello. Hello. <laughs> oh. Hello. Hello. We're, still, we're still working on that. So it's a, we're building the plane while we're flying it. We're we're trying here. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, uh, the these Chicago Bears are not a laughing matter unless you're um, a fan of a certain puking team up north that leads to NFC North. But we'll get to them later. The Chicago Bears drop another one this time to the Tennessee Titans on the road by the score of 24 to 17 to extend their losing streak to three games, dropping their record to five and four through nine games. Of course, on this program, after tabulating the records, unlike our presidential election, we have the Bears at two and seven. So I, as Lamont Scott would say, pink slips and, and link cards will be coming soon. Here's the reason why I say that. For, for those of you that have young kids listening, I warn you right now, please cover their ears for the next 10, 15 seconds. Once again, if you have young kids listening, please cover their ears for the next 10 to 15 seconds. Sunday's performance against the Tennessee Titans were, was complete horseshit. I'll repeat oh. again. It was complete horseshit. Here's why. After the fake punt, what happens? You, you let the play clock run down and you to call a timeout. Another situation is when you have fourth and one, not once, but twice, and you cannot convert. The second time uh, during the second half when you had a fourth and run, you had back-to-back penalties, which resulted in you to punt. Coming to Sunday's game against the Tennessee Titans, the Bears were leaders in the NFL with 59 penalties. Now, I am speaking as a Bears fan. Of course, I've been upset throughout my 40-plus <clears throat> years on planet Earth watching the Monsters of the Midway. Yes, you can go back to 2006 following that loss to the Colts in Super Bowl 41. You can go back to 2010 with the loss against your wife or Packers in the NFC Championship game. There's plenty of blame to go around, but that's a whole other subject for a whole other time. You can go back to two years ago, which ended up in a disastrous loss to the Philadelphia Eagles at home on Wild Card Weekend. Yours truly has never been ups- more upset as a Bears fan than yesterday. The last time I have been this upset during the day one set administration from 1993 through 1998. 
for those uh, those of you that have uh, covered your ears, that are younger than us listening to this podcast, go do your research on that. My point is this. We have warned you on this show throughout the whole season. When, even when things were looking good in front of you, things is just like a car. The outside looks good. You got the rims on it. You got the fuzzy dice. Everything's shining real nice. You got a car wash. But look inside. All the parts, your battery, your alternator, the tires, they all are not operating correctly. Things are breaking down. And so it's all it's like the TV show Hoarders on A&E. The house looks great on the outside. The inside of it looks like crap. Now, there will be changes, unfortunately, that we have told you about that will be coming at the end of the season should this team not make the playoffs. And GM Ryan Pace, head coach Matt Nagy, and quarterback Mitchell Trubisky. But my question is, what will the Bears look like going forward? That's the main question here. What would the Bears look like going forward, no matter how this season ends out, especially after a 5-1 start? As we told you, the ship is sinking, and it's sinking faster by the day. Everybody else sees it, but the people in Hallis Hall. Yes, they're supposed to keep a positive vibe. Yes, they're supposed to not give up. But leadership is a form of reality. And I don't know if the Bears are facing reality right now. With that being said, before uh, I lose my religion, Lakina, I'll kick it off to you. Please bring some sanity into this because I'm at a loss for words. I'm ready to throw up my hands. <laughs> well, I mean, not to, you know, not to, you know, repeat what I've been saying these last few weeks. I've said it before. The, off, the defense is good. The defense is very solid. Top five in the league, top ten. But the offense is complete poop, as I said, as it has said these last few weeks. Hashtag Bears poop. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, when your leading rusher for almost a quarter was one of your line, your reserve linebackers, that's a problem. From, that got, you got your guards through a fake punt, that's a problem. And, you know, the defense, you know, defense had their issues too. You know, even though they didn't give up those big plays to Derrick Henry – but at the same time, though, they gave up a lot of deep balls and also penalties. They had like five or six penalties. And, you know, all, all that is sort of starting to manifest here. I mean, it, you know, unfortunately, there were, you know, there were turnovers as well. He had, you know, a, a fumble that Desmond King, the newest Titan, was able to run it back for a score that kind of sealed the deal. Yes, I know that the Bears scored seven, you know, about 17 points late, but those were all garbage time. So it didn't really make a difference. There's, there's some problems here, and your shortcomings are showing now. And you had your lucky games. You had your lucky game against Detroit. You had your lucky game against Atlanta and, New, and the Giants. But unfortunately, you know, all those deficiencies that you guys had all season long, it is glaring now from these last few weeks, and it doesn't get any easier. You didn't run the ball like you should have. You only ran the ball for 56 yards in total. Cordell Patterson, yes, Steele. Yes, he made some big plays, but he's not a running back. Why aren't you giving Dan Montgomery the ball, who's now – he's now in concussion protocol. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, penal stupid penalties, all that is starting to turn. And, unfortunately, you know, the wheels are starting to fall off for the Bears. What do you think, Jason? Well, so you you, you guys have, have seen some of my, my Facebook posts and, and things like that um, recently about the Bears. Um, I'm going to keep this as simple as I can without getting too far ahead of myself and, and making my blood boil and run over. But Matt Nagy shouldn't have been allowed back on the team playing back to Chicago. 
<laughs> he should be fired right now. He probably should have been fired two weeks ago. Um, and 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 another thing I'll say before I'll get back to Matt Nagy. For everybody that's saying that's calling for Mitchell Trubisky, please stop. <laughs> Trubisky is never and will not be the answer to the Bears' problems. Oh, well, he can run when the line breaks down. How many times do you want him running a game before he gets knocked out? He just got a shoulder injury for warning one play last week. Stop with the Mitchell Trubisky stuff. Please, everybody, stop it. He's not the answer. Not with a – and I'm sorry, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cuss here. Uh-oh, that's two cuss words. With a shit-calling <laughs> and a shit-play-calling coach, okay? The, the, the offensive line is complete horse shit, and the play-calling and game-scheming from your head coach is complete horse shit. It's, it's, it's inexcusable, it's predictable, and it, it constantly puts the defense in a bind when you're com- going three and out and you can't convert on fourth and ones because you want to get cute in the red zone and, and do stuff that is not going to work against the Tennessee Titans defense that runs, that, that runs from side to side and downhill along with the best defenses in the league. You can't find David Montgomery in the passing game. You're unwilling to give it to him in the running game. And, and you're scoring points in garbage times to make scores look good and look close. Matt, I've lost complete faith in Matt Nagy. I've lost complete faith in his offensive mind, whatever, whatever you want to call it. I've lost faith in the leadership of this team. And I don't know if you guys have been following a few websites. I won't name them because they're not the most credible out there. But I follow a few websites that are tied to the Chicago Bears. And you're starting to hear the rumblings in the locker room of a revolt now. And you've been starting to hear that in the past two weeks. Um, you're starting to see the frustration on the sidelines. I know Jimmy Graham caught a touchdown yesterday, but Jimmy Graham can get out too. Um, completely whiffing on blocks, not willing to finish his routes downfield, which causes almost interceptions, almost causes interceptions. I mean, a couple of those balls that were tipped and, and, and luckily ended up hitting the ground. Thank goodness. I, I, I've lost all faith in this team. I've lost all faith in this team. I don't know if they can get themselves up off the mat. It's not going to get any easier as we start to get more into divisional play. Minnesota's playing well, guys. They're going to run all over the Bears. I have no faith in that game. Detroit's looking for revenge. Oh, and we still got to play the Packers. I, I, I'm not I, – this season is, is really close to going down the tubes really quick. And that solely falls on your head coach. Lamont? Uh, <coughs> since we cussed him. Quit my throat. Since we cursing today, I might as well keep the third cuss word. I mean, it's just the total, it's total bullshit. That's just, I mean, the stuff Matt Nagy says to us that he wants us to believe opposed to what he tried to show us on the field. Matt Nagy suck. I ain't going to yeah. lie. He can come look for me. I'm out west. Come on over here. He can come look for me. He suck. And uh, I don't know what he think he be attempting to call sometimes. And, uh, Lakina, you brought up a point. Why is your linebacker got more yards than your running back? How does that even happen? When does that even happen? Has that ever happened with a player that wasn't playing two ways on the field? 
that that doesn't make no sense. And you saw when uh, Montgomery got hurt, went out the game. Ryan Nall did better than Cordell Patterson as a running back. So I mean, <laughs> I, think <he> got, <laughs> I think he got something against running backs. I mean, maybe when he was a quarterback, they used to pick on him or something. Maybe they didn't like him in the locker room or something. But I mean, he taking it out on us. And with Jason, what you said. Looking at that schedule, you say you about to say the season in the twos? You see another game we can win? I no, no, I don't. I don't. Not not within the next three or four weeks. I don't. I look past the, the three weeks and 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 uh, I, I don't really see a game. I don't see us able to win any game in, in Mitch. And you know what? I've learned to back up off Mitch over the last couple of weeks. Let him go on about his business. Like, when he got hurt, I said, I wouldn't even come back. They ain't pick up your contract. They ain't pay you, man. Go on, but go somewhere else and try over. Because I'm starting to believe Matt Nagy might be the reason he suck. I mean, I really think it's so. Because Matt Nagy, I don't think he ever put him in a position to succeed. Because he don't put none of them other people in a position to succeed. And you look, at the, you look at that defense, you talk about a revolt. Matt Nagy, it, I mean, uh, Khalil Mack going to slap somebody. But he ain't going to do it. He going to have Darnell Moody do it because he a rookie. And they're going to just say he acting up. And he on offense. I mean, did you see the cuts to him on the sideline? <laughs> he, he on the sideline going off looking like these people got to be smarter than this. And that's them the looks that he was giving. So, I mean, it's, it's real sad up there at Hellas Hall. I don't – I mean, they're living in a, a fairy tale. And I hate – I did it last week. I hate to keep bringing my mother into our shows. But she said, what, the Bears that became the Bulls? I said, oh, I said, what? She was like, they, they playing like the Bulls. They don't get no damn. I said, oh, okay, all right. She's like, that's why I got Lamar Jackson, so I don't need the Bears. I said, okay, knock yourself out. <laughs> but, man, yeah, them Bears, man, they, they got some serious problems up there. And, and, like, and listen, it, the, the, the turnover, people will look at the turnovers as well, but – David Montgomery, I, what more can you ask out of David Montgomery? Most of the time when he gets the ball, whether it's a run or a pass, he's literally turning around to defensive linemen and linebackers in his face, and he's still making guys miss. He's got the best missed tackles. In, he's got the most missed tackles in the entire league. That that. That's as soon as he gets the handoff, there is a defensive lineman in the backfield that he's got to shake. If he catches the ball out in space, there is a cornerback or a defensive end or a linebacker in his face that he's got to make miss. The, I, I, I don't put the fumble on him because, first of all, that was a, a, a crap-ass play call on a third and 13 when you want to run – when you just tried to run a screen, you want to try to run another one to the other side of the field that wasn't going to work anyway. So – and again – Soon as Montgomery caught the ball, there was a guy bearing down on him, getting the ball out of his hands. Now, now Anthony Miller, I can that that kid's talented, but Pat or Darnell Mooney is is is, is taking his place, and I'm okay. Yeah, with that. that for the last few weeks. Yeah, yeah, and, have. And, and and I'm I'm completely okay with that because Anthony Miller has had some horrible drops. Um. And, and he tends to get lazy on his routes. And Mooney does nothing but goes out there and makes plays and tough catches all the time. I am so impressed with that kid. One of the few bright spots, along with Allen Robinson, who at this point, 
He gonna be on another team. I would love for him to team. stay a bear, but what's going on on the field, you can see it in his face too. So I wouldn't be surprised if he just walks out the door at the end of the season either. Because yeah, he had seven receptions for 81 yards, but like Lakina said, it was in garbage time when, you know, Foles had to throw the ball anyway. Um, and and again, it is three to four weeks in a row where the game plans have been completely horrible. The play calling is horrible. And I'm, I'm, I'm tired of being as a fan, knowing what's coming and being able to call out what the bears are doing from the sideline and your head coach seemingly not having a clue about how to adjust to that. Me, me and, and, and my colleagues can sit and I'm sure you all, you all, well, you're watching the games. You can literally see what the Bears are going to do when they're going to do it. And we don't even play the game. So how do you think, you know what I mean? How, how do you think it's viewed from the actual play on the field? It's completely predictable. And Matt Nagy is too stubborn to get out of his own way. I'm, I'm, I'm over it. I don't think switching to another play caller is going to help the situation. This season has pretty much been a bust. You're listening to Second City Sports, Zoom style, along with the cast of characters, Lakina McGee, Jason Pfeiffer, and Lamont Scott. I am Sidney Bryan as we break down the Bears' third straight consecutive loss to the Tennessee Titans, 24-17. The Bears' record it now drops to 5-4. and four. They are 3-2 and two away from Soldier Field. Uh, taking a look at some of the numbers from Sunday's contest, Nick Foles, 36 for 52 for 335 yards. Yes, his uh, QB um, rating was 99.4. He did have two touchdown passes. Most importantly, he did not have any turnovers, so that's some good news there. But as Lakina just mentioned, and you just did, Jason, most of those numbers came in garbage time. Uh, David Montgomery had uh, 30 yards on 14 carries. You mentioned Allen Robinson, seven catches for 81 yards. Jimmy Graham, six catches, 55 yards, and a touchdown. Cordell Patterson, four catches for 27 yards. But he had those three carries. Thank you, Matt Nagy. Uh, Cordell Patterson, three carries for 13 yards. And Nick Foles with two carries for two yards. This office is atrocious. And uh, I don't know how they're going to fix it before next Monday night's game against uh, the Minnesota Vikings. But I want to switch to defense quickly. Uh, Roquan Smith, I thought, had a good game. He had... Uh, 11 total tackles, nine solo tackles, and a, and a sack. But I thought that defensive back Jalen Johnson, the rookie second-round pick out of Utah, he had a good game yesterday. Uh, we've been praising him all year long. Yes, he's made some mistakes as well. That's what happens when you're a rookie. But I thought he had a good game yesterday. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I've got no problems with Jalen uh, Johnson. Like you said, he's going to have rookie struggles. Um, I still think that kid is really, really talented as well. Um, but, but let's talk about the defense, shall we? And again, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's hard to, to keep teams in the game when you constantly have to do a game in and game out. So I don't want to kill the defense, right? But, mm -hmm. and, and, and I, you know, I don't want to go back to the Saints game. Obviously, that was last week. But there was defensive gripes there. But listen, let's, let's call it like we see it. Where the hell is Khalil Mack? You were brought here what? to make impact plays. And I believe he only had one tackle yesterday. That's all. That's I, I believe he, he only had two or three tackles last week. Yeah, he had I three mean, tackles in, in Sunday's game, Khalil Mack. How many? How many? Three, three tackles. 
okay, I, I, I was short by two. I mean, I, I, <laughs> where, where's Khalil Mack? Where, where are you at? I mean, again, I don't, I don't want to kill the defense, right? I don't want to do that because they, they, they're doing some good things. They, they're giving up some big plays, which I think are, are kind of inexcusable sometimes. But in a game like last week, and I, again, I, I don't want to go back to the Saints, but I know I wasn't here for that, and I just want to touch on that briefly. Mm-hmm. In a game at home against the Saints, where were you, Khalil Mack? These are the games that you were brought here and paid a lot of money for. In a winnable game on the road against the Titans, it's only three tackles. And I get it. Tennessee's line is, is, is a plus offensive line, right? But Tannehill's not no world beater. They're, 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 you know, their line is more built for the run, and I know he's not a, a run stopper necessarily. But where are you? Where are, the, where are the sacks, man? Where are the impact plays? Where are the batted balls, at least? Where are the tackles for loss in the backfield? He's barely even getting pressure on these quarterbacks. Where you at? And what, what, about, <laughs> what about Robert Quinn? I mean, you brought him in. You paid him all that money. He only had, what, two tackles yesterday? And he hasn't actually been playing well. I know he had a good game against the Saints. I think he had, like, four or five tackles. But what about this week? I mean, he's been inconsistent. And that, that was, that's been a problem for him these last few years. So, I mean, look, Jalen Johnson, you know, big upside. You know, Kyle Fuller made some stops, but and Eddie Jackson too. But he gave up a big play as well. So, if there is a revolt, you know, within the team, especially now that you're going to be facing divisional opponents these next few weeks, this is going to be very interesting to see how this team responds if they can respond. That's another thing as well. Yeah, before I let Lamont jump in, Lakin, I want to piggyback off your point quickly about Eddie Jackson. I know which play you're talking about. I think we're on the same page here, that A.J. Brown touchdown pass. I do not blame so much Eddie Jackson as I do blame Buster Screen. Brian Tannehill, when he threw the ball up, he knew that was the play. A.J. Brown had almost a full step on him. Yes, Buster Screen was in there stride for stride, but uh, I don't know if you guys uh, caught the fundamental that – Buster Screen screwed up on. He did not turn his head around. If he did, he would have not. He had, would have had a chance to knock the ball out of AJ Brown's hands, and maybe, just maybe, perhaps, maybe AD Jackson would have had a chance to pick it off. But Buster Screen did not turn around. And I and, and I said this when I saw that. I said that's that's what turned the game around right there because the Bears had a couple of great defensive plays on that drive. They stopped Derrick Henry, and Ryan Tannehill, as you mentioned, Jason, did not have that great of a game. But once that A.J. Brown touchdown happened right before uh, the end of the first half, when Buster Screen did not turn his head around, I said that was the game right there. Yeah, Buster Screen has has blown a couple of coverages uh, in the last couple of weeks, too, Um, you know. Again, he's he you know he was brought in for a specific job, and he's 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 failed. He's failed on a, on a few plays. Not only you know not only these past few weeks, but in, throughout the year. Yeah, y'all trying to say he's living up to his name? Nicely <laughs> 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 done. shot. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, uh, yeah, he, he. I mean, but you gotta look at it too, Jason. They did a wonderful job on Henry. Wonderful job, so to speak. He didn't hurt nobody. I completely agree. But at the same time, if you think back to Khalil Mack days in Oakland, right, before they dumped him to us, 
You remember when Oakland fell off a cliff and how he would check out of games and check out of situations? With him being that defensive leader, I think once they see him check out, they check out. And if he not in it, they not in it. And that go all the way back there, all the way back through all 11 of them. And so you got to think the level of frustration on that defense has to be um, unimaginable. I mean, like, it has to be. And then you look at the three and outs and right back on the fields. Right. A lot of them times, they ain't even had a chance to take their helmet off before they back on the field. So, I mean, I, I will I will give them the slight benefit of the doubt, even though with a couple of – but I will give them a slight benefit of the doubt. But it's only going to get worse because – I don't see no light at no end of no tunnel. I don't see no, I don't see no hope for the Chicago Bears. And I mean, you mentioned Mooney early. That's a bright spot. I'm happy to see that. That's good. Hell, Ryan Nall was a bright spot compared to uh, Cordell Patterson. So, <laughs> and 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 you 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 make some great points, Lamont. And I and I'm not again. I'm not you know, killing the Bears defense here um, because you, you are right. A lot of the times they, they literally don't get a chance to sit on the bench and catch their breath because of, of, of this poo-poo offense that gives the ball right back to, you know, turns it right back over to the defense within a span of five minutes. So, uh, you know, it, it's interesting points. And, I, and again, I'm not trying to kill the defense, but if you are that defensive leader, you, you got to find a way to get up you know, you got you got to find it somehow. I mean, the great players find ways to make great plays. Is is kind of where I'm coming from. You know, yeah. Whether you know, mm-hmm. whether you're you're constantly down or you know whether you're still up. I mean, you, you got to yeah. find a ways to make impact, imp, uh, make an impact. And again, glaringly, noticeably, Khalil Mack has not done that the past two weeks. Yeah. You just real that. quick, yeah. Just real quick, guys. From from Sunday's game, a couple of stats here. One for the Chicago Bears, I uh, forgot who brought it up, on third down. There were two of 13 on third down. I'll repeat that again. Two of 13 on third down. And going back to the defense, they did shut Derrick Henry down. He only had 68 yards on 21 carries. His longest run was 26. If you take away those 26 yards, they held him to around 40 yards on 20 carries. You take that 26-yard run away. And on the receiving side for the Titans, after A.J. Brown's uh, 101 yards on four catches in the, in the second quarter touchdown, their next receiver, John New Smith, who caught, another, who caught the other touchdown in the third quarter, two catches for 32 yards. And you still could not muster up any offers before the fourth quarter. That, that, that's just uh, ridiculous. And that's, and that's what we're talking about. You know, the, the, this was a winnable game on the road. You know, this was mm-hmm. very, very winnable. And – uh, you, you you just saw the 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 lack of creativity, inspiration, whatever you want to call it. The team is just seriously, seriously lacking. Yeah, it started at the top, Jason. It started at the top. I mean, I don't. I mean, I, I mean, I know you got offensive and defensive coordinators and all of that, but it still starts with that head coach and end with that head coach. You, I agree, you look man. at you look at a team like Pittsburgh last year when they didn't have nobody to play, they ain't had nobody on the field. But that coach said, look, hold on, I got a, I got some heart, I got a reputation, and I'm not going to allow us to just be no stupid bums on this field. We don't have that in a coach. Like, maybe it's in an assistant somewhere, but it's not in our head coach. 
Well, yeah, coach, well, well, listen, let's not compare Matt Nagy to, to, to Mike Tomlin, all right? Let's, no, let's no, never, no. ever, that's ever blasphemy. do that. That's blasphemy. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, we don't – I mean, but it all starts with our leader, and I don't think he is leading good at all. And, I mean, as C as said, you know, ain't nothing wrong with pink slips and link cards if they're well-deserved. Right now. It, right yeah. now. And, and speaking of uh, head coach Matt Nagy, before we move on to our studs and duds and other uh, action from Sunday's game, I don't know if you guys caught the comment uh, when Jimmy Graham scored his touchdown at the end of the game yesterday. Dick Stockton, yes, Lamont's favorite play-by-play man, LOL. Uh, he made the comment uh, uh, to Greg Jennings, who had, who had a great pair of purple pants on the broadcast on Sunday, by the way. Um, Dick Stockton made the comment after the Graham touchdown towards the end of the game. He said this, uh, it's, it, uh, the Bears, I'm just paraphrasing here, uh, it shows that uh, the, the players do not have any quit in them, and it shows the, the leadership of Matt Nagy. Yeah. And I said, one, I know Dick Stockton has lost his fastball. He, he's not totally stupid. Number two, he's not around here every every day, and so I'm not going to blast him too much. But I will. I said he really doesn't know what's really going on around here. No. Let's be honest. The Titans were playing pre-defense yesterday, so they knew that they had the game won. Number two, if Matt Nagy had any leadership with this team, one, the locker room would be almost uh, separating as we all uh, – talking about here and number two he would have uh, fixed the offense which he was brought here to do a couple years ago and he hasn't been fixed so to say that uh, it shows the 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 fight in them yeah you make you say that to a little extent but let's be honest here I, I think maybe half that team and I don't, I don't think it's just totally on the defense maybe some of the offensive players too that lost confidence in Matt Nagy. Do I really want to play for him? Man, yeah, maybe you could have got away with that last year. We, we talked about during last year, this team has handled success very well from 2018. Now, things are falling apart, and, 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 and to say that, Matt, uh, you're not, uh, that it shows the fight that you're playing for your head coach, I, call me crazy. I just don't see it. Yeah, I mean, Matt Nagy wouldn't play for them. I mean, I think that, that that comment that Nick Foles made a couple of weeks ago was real telling, and it got overlooked mm-hmm. a little bit after they smoothed it over. But Brian, when he told Brian Greasy, I think it was a lot of truth to that. I think oh, by yeah. the time they send that play into him, he looking at it like, what the hell is this? And you saw I it again yesterday running. after that fake punt. Yeah, yep. and, and, and you, look at, you look at all the mistakes that they made. That go back to the coaching discipline. I mean, mm-hmm. if you discipline, it's coming from up top. You know, you know, the mistakes that they made, what they had, like, six penalties on fourth down or something like that, or on third yeah. and fourth down yep. combined, uh-huh. that doesn't, that doesn't, that, that's not a professional team. You're not even going to help. Illinois didn't even make them any penalties in crucial situations, and they got Lovey Smith. So, it's like, man, he, and you know, it's, it's real bad. I mean, I even heard some radio station talking about bringing Cutler back. But at this point, what would it hurt? <laughs> I mean, what would it hurt? So, I mean, yeah. Stop that, Lamont. Stop that. that. Yeah, no, don't, yeah, don't put that out there, Lamont. Don't do so that. So you want Nick Foles? You want Nick Foles to keep playing? At least Cutler throw seven interceptions trying to throw it to Moody and Miller. So, well, exactly. Giving the doggone team more points back. I mean, just stop. <laughs> <it>. <laughs> then, look, then we get a chance at a draft pick that might be a quarterback. I mean, it's time to go for the tank. <laughs> for real. 
They gonna have a new. They gonna have a new general manager, a new coach, and he gonna need a new quarterback going forward. And I don't want Dwayne Haskins. No, no. Well, nobody wants Dwayne Haskins. Oh, at this point. I don't think anybody um, wants him. <laughs> no. But again, you know, it it, it just goes back to uh, the. the the lack of really understanding your football team, at least in my opinion. I mean, he yeah. has re- repeatedly shown an unwillingness to exploit his playmakers. I don't know how else to put it. I don't know how else to put it. Um, no. and, 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 you know, it also all starts up front with your line. And I get it. It's They are banged up. You know, they're dealing with COVID issues. And, and you know, you've got second and third string guys in there. And, and I get that. I, that's that's understandable to a degree, but you, again, you as the head coach, you have to figure out. And this is a point I, that I had made uh, about a week ago. You have got to figure out ways to maximize what guys do well, and what Nagy is doing. It, it, it what it seems like he's doing is scheming and game planning to only what he thinks is going to work. He's not scheming and game planning to what his players actually do well. And, and I, that is, again, maddening and frustrating as a fan to witness week in and week out. You know, Jason, I got a, I got a thing I've been saying for the last couple of weeks about Matt Nagy. It's called Coach Your Team, Not Your Scheme. So I want it on a T-shirt, right? It's the coach Your Team, Not Your Scheme. <laughs> Exactly. Because, because if he coaches team and coach the players that's good at what they're good at, then he won't have that problem. But he won't change. And since he won't change, we need to give him a change of address. Agreed, man. Agreed. I'm over it. You're listening to sec you're listening to Second City Sports Zoom style along with Lakina McGee, Jason Pfeiffer, and Lamont Scott. I am Sydney Brown as we break down the Bears 24-17 loss to the Tennessee Titans. On Sunday, the Bears' record drops to now 5-4, and four, and they're on the outside looking in as far as the playoffs are concerned. Of course, if you listen to this program, we had them at 2-7. and seven. Uh, Let's move on here before we really lose our minds because there was other NF- great NFL action in Week 9. Lakina, I'll start with you. Before we give our studs and duds, Lakina, Wells impressed you from around the National Football League from Week 9? Buffalo. That that was a that was a, a great game. Yes. Buffalo. They were able. They they sacked Russell Wilson. They forced him to throw in two interceptions. But it was totally like him. They the defense sacked him five times. Josh Rose. Josh Allen. I should say that was a poor incident there. Threw for 415 yards. Three <laughs> touchdowns. You know, had a touchdown rush. I mean, that was a, a really good performance by the Buffalo Bills team to sort of kind of tame that Seahawks offense. So you know, good for them. Yeah, I watched the majority of that game via my computer live. <laughs> and um, Buffalo came out aggressive early. Seattle, uh, th- they didn't know what hit them. Jamal Adams had a good game for the Seattle defense. Russell Wilson, as you mentioned, he was bothered all game long. I know they, they kind of turned it around coming out of the halftime locker room, but Buffalo just had too much for Seattle. That was a good game to watch, at least through the, through the majority of it. But Buffalo earned that win on Sunday. Yeah. Um, Jason, what, what, okay. No, go ahead, Lamont. Go ahead. No, what yeah, impressed no, me? Y'all know what, impre- y'all know what impressed me on Sunday. I was so happy to pick a game wrong. I didn't know what to do. I mean, yeah, I know where you're I going. Was so, I was so happy, and I actually picked them to lose because I don't believe in their secondary. But right. the performance them boys put on last night. 
Yeah. Scared a whole lot of teams and yeah. reminded a whole lot of teams that, wait, hold on, it's a team in New Orleans. We forgot yeah. about them. And they got a good defense. And so that was the biggest surprise of the, the night for me because I didn't expect them to just not only win the game but beat them up on both sides mm-hmm. of the ball for such a long period of time. Yeah, yeah, they made yeah. Tom Brady look old, <laughs> picking him off three times. And Antonio Brown, I, I didn't even watch the game. And the last time I, I heard Antonio Brown's name being called, it was right before kickoff when they had to toss it to Michelle Tafoya. That was it. He had three catches, but like three for 31 or something like that. Yeah. But well, it, 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 did, it didn't matter. Well, well, well speaking That's of what I'm talking about, you know, Bruce, Bruce Arians' game plan was, was crap as well. Um, he, he, I, I thought, you know, he, and um, not Andy Reid, but Sean Payton thoroughly outcoached uh, Bruce Arians last night. I mean, I, I thought it was just um, a complete domination. And just, again, I, I thought the game plan Tampa Bay employed was, was wrong on both sides of the ball, especially on defense. And, I mean, you just saw guys running free and being wide open in the field at will, basically. I, I mean, Drew Brees, they, they were just able to do whatever they were – they want it on offense. Um, so that was really, you know, the more surprising aspect. But I'm, I'm not going to get too high or low on that game because it was such a domination. I think if these two teams played again, which I think they might um, down the road, I think it will be a different story. But my my big stud of the day, um, and again, it's, it, it, well, it's going to come from a, a team with a losing record, but boy, are you guys looking at what Dalvin Cook's doing to the league right now? <laughs> if we can stay um, healthy. Two, so this is the first time since, I believe, 2003 um, that a running back has had 225-plus yards from scrimmage, and that running back was Deuce McAllister. Yep. Yep. And the other one is Dalvin Cook, Um, not only for fantasy purposes, because I do have him, but um, (laughs) he he has firmly, in my opinion anyway, established himself as one of the best backs in the league, if not the best back. I mean, he he is running all over teams right now. And embarrassing. Went healthy. Took over the rushing, the rushing yard lead. So, yep. Went healthy. He uh, almost untouchable. Yeah. And don't yeah. we got to play him next? Yeah, exactly. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, That's what I said. That's what I said. Yeah. Feel, do, do you guys feel good about that on national TV again? I don't. As of now, no. As of now, no. I like to apologize to the rest of the nation that's coming up for the next couple weeks with the Bears. I want to personally apologize. I'm Seriously. sorry. It's going to be another embarrassment. I'm sorry, U.S. Sorry. They didn't know no better. They didn't know no better. Yeah, real quick before we get to our studs, does one get one other game I do want to highlight, and I did watch this live via my computer, was <laughs> the Kansas City Chiefs defeating the Carolina Panthers 33-31. to uh, For the Carolina Panthers, yes, even though they are 3-6, and six, they showed me something on Sunday. Christian McCaffrey came back. Uh, he made the difference. He had a touchdown on 18 carries for 69 yards. Patrick Mahomes on the flip side for the Chiefs, 372 yards, four touchdown passes. He had five touchdown passes last week, which makes him have nine touchdown passes for the last two weeks. He's back in the MVP race. He's saying to people, don't forget about me. I know you're talking about Russell Wilson, who had a bad game on Sunday, but I'm in the MVP race as well. Travis Kelsey, the tight end for the Chiefs, had 10 catches for 159 yards. The Panthers showed me something on Sunday. Uh, Unlike the Chicago Bears, they hung in there tough. 
they weren't fooled by Kansas City's schemes. I'm not saying that Kansas City uh, played down to the competition. I didn't get that vibe, but Carolina was very prepared, and it showed, especially on that first drive when McCaffrey scored his touchdown. Curtis Samuel had a great game. Uh, Robbie Anderson had a great catch um, towards the end of that game. I know that kicker missed a 67-yarder, I believe. Uh, I know Matt Rule had the guts to – make that call to have that kicker uh, go out there to win the game. He did that a couple weeks ago, and they lost on the road to the New Orleans Saints. But Carolina is showing me something. And they gave all they gave all they could handle against the Chiefs on Sunday. Well, you, you know what you see when you see the Carolina Panthers, Sydney, McKenna and Lamont? You know what you yeah. see? Yeah. You, you, you see a fundamentally sound football team. Yes. You, you know, you, you see a team that's prepared to play every Sunday. You mm-hmm. see a team that doesn't come out in every freaking first half and and seem like they don't know where they are. I, I, I mean, it, there's no other way to put it. The, the Bears come, like, out of the tunnel unprepared. It, 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 and it's glaring in, in the first half and in the first quarter. It, it's night and day when we're talking about these two teams. And I know the records don't say that. And it's unfortunate that the Carolina Panthers lost Christian McCaffrey so early in the season. I think, I mean, obviously hindsight 2020, but mm-hmm. I think he's, he would have probably been good for another win or two uh, when it comes to the Carolina record, you know, which would put them in a position to be, you know, competitive and, and challenge for a playoff spot. But again, don't, you know, the records don't show it, but don't compare these two teams. I mean, it's night and day. It's really, it really is. It's night and day. Yeah, they went in with like they went in with not as half as much of the talent as we got. So they playing hard and don't even have the salaries that consider that they're hard. So yeah. Good point, Lamont. Lakina? Uh yeah, I'm 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 with you guys. I, I think that that's just I, I think you guys you just said it, Jason. I mean it's it's unfortunate. You know, Carolina, if just imagine if McCaffrey had been healthy through those those weeks he was out. Who knows? They would probably be right there competing for, you know, the NFC South South Division. I mean, maybe, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, but right. you wonder. All right, so guys, time for our studs and duds. Who wants to start? I'll start. Number one, Dalvin Cook, uh, with his performance against the Detroit Lions, uh, two more touchdowns, including another uh, long uh, touchdown run. Number two, Josh Allen with his three touchdown passes against that ugly Seattle Seahawks defense. And my number one stud is Isaiah Johnson, number 31, defensive back of the Oakland Raiders. He he had two big defensive plays at the end of that game. I did watch this game live via my computer. Uh, he, he knocked the ball out of the, uh, the backup tight end for the Chargers' hands on the last play of the game. That ball bounced off the turf, you know, it was off the white chalk, out of bounds. He was crying at the end. I know he was waving his arm around in a circle, and rightfully so. He made it the defensive uh, play of the game. Uh, shouts out to him. He might have, we'll see in the coming weeks, that game might have put the Oakland Raiders in the playoffs. Mm. That's yeah, a big real statement. Quick, real quick about that game. Um, man, if – the future is bright. I want to start off with this. The future is bright and sunny in L.A. for the Chargers. I, I fully believe that. Boy, they have just had some of the toughest, most heartbreaking losses you can imagine this year, guys. Yeah. Um, it, it, 
<laughs> Again, I mean, we were—I was watching, you know, watching that game, you know, with my, with my friend and colleague, and you know, we were both kind of like on edge. We were, we were wondering, like, you know, we both thought he caught that ball, right? I mean, we both thought that he caught that ball I at the end. Too. Yeah. And then you, you you see the replay, and it's just like, man, it just—it is so tough. I mean, this league is is merciless, you know, when it comes to when it comes to certain plays and, and how games end sometimes. But again, if you're an LA Chargers fan, the, the, the future is bright there uh, for those fans out there. But man, they've just been losing some tough, tough games. What are your studs yeah. then, Jason? Keep it the theme. So, I, so I've got a few studs. I, I mean, I mentioned one already. Dalvin Cook, of course. Um, Sidney Brown mentioned him as well. Um, another 200 plus yard rushing day. Uh, two TDs on the ground. Um, I'm going to shift it a little bit and I'm going to give Patrick Mahomes a, a, a stud. Um, listen, I, I mean, that, that Carolina, Pat, they, they were game. They were up, you know, they, they were up for a time on a little bit on, on the Chiefs and Mahomes had to, had to be magical once again, you know, and that throw, I don't know if you guys were watching that game. Um, and I was mentioning this with my friend Derek as well, but that throw to Tyreek Hill, I, I think it was the second touchdown where he rolled yep. right and just, yeah. mm-hmm. yep. oh, yeah. it, 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 it was a sidearm bullet yep. right on the numbers throw on the run I mean I just I I don't know what other quarterback can do that and and you mentioned it Sydney um nine touchdowns now in the past two games and I believe that puts him at 20 is it 25 touchdowns yeah Yeah, 25 25 touchdowns to one interception um again you know re-establishing himself as the MVP favorite in my book um my third stud will go to uh, Lamar Jackson and Baltimore Ravens uh, did not look good in that first half against the Colts at all. Um, came out in the second half, made some adjustments. He made some plays. Um, I, I thought that game was going to be close. I, in my mind, I thought the Colts would win it outright in a close game. But, you know, second half, Lamar Jackson showed why he's a former MVP as well. So he gets my third stud. Lamont? Lamont. Okay. Uh, I'm, my, I mean, I'm going to go with two of the ones you said. Uh, quick, Cook, definitely – and Pat Mahomes just let you. I'm sorry, Miss Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes made you know <laughs> that that he he is. Uh, you better not forget who that man is. But the other ones, I mean, actually they're gonna come from almost the same game. Justin Herbert, mm-hmm. he the real deal. Also, yes, he didn't earn mm-hmm. respect. He he the real deal, and I think he's gonna be something to deal with. And the last one, they come from the same game. You know that Miami Arizona game. Oh yeah. Kyler Murray yeah. is the man. Kyler Murray is the man. But Tua said, I am not scared and I'm not a kid. That game made me realize that Tua said he ain't a kid. I'm not a kid. I, I'm a grown man. So that's why he's getting the other stood from me. So him, Kyler, the Saints, of course, and Tua and Pat Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes. I'll have, yeah, I'll be, I'll be doing on the other side of that game in a second for my duds. You know, Lamont, thank you for reminding me. Um, I got you. I, meant, I know where you're going with that one, too. Uh, okay. Look, okay. Let's, just say, let's just say that game made both sides of a lot of lists. I, exactly, right. exactly. Oh, I said Josh, I said Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. You sold my with Baltimore. I mean, it was a completely different Baltimore team in the second half. I got, I got a chance to watch that game. You know, Baltimore looked really good. I, I don't know what was said or what they did, but, you know, it worked, and they were able to hold off the Colts. Um, Houston, Houston got their second game, the second win of the season. Also, J.J. Watt got his 100th career sack, so good for him. You know, one of the best defensive guys in the league. 
Pittsburgh was able to make that comeback against Dallas. You know, it looked like maybe well, they were going to – Yeah, that was that – was, well, really? Exactly. Um, but <laughs> – Did you reasons. think they wouldn't you, – you didn't think they wouldn't come back, did you? No, not really. I mean, also, look, weird. This, this, this is the first time in the history of that franchise that they're 8-0, which is weird. Considering, yeah. you know, how, you know, all the, the great teams in the 70s and the 90s and then the 2000s. So, good for Mike Tomlin and good for that uh, Steelers team. Um, and, yeah, that's it. I mean, Dalvin Cook was mentioned earlier. Um, I got to say the Giants, too. They're, they're, they're right there for that division, believe it or not, with that win against Washington. You only need five wins to win it. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, Daniel Jones, you know. He was sacked five times. We were able to overcome that. Didn't make any mistakes. And, you know, good for good for the Giants. Okay, so, Duds, real quick. I'll, I'll start, it off. start it off. No. Okay. <laughs> go ahead, Lamont. Oh, I'm just going with uh, Dallas. Definitely Dallas. Arizona and uh, the Bears and Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy, I'm going to get him a dud T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, Sid. <laughs> Uh, quickly, my three does, of course, the Chicago Bears, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the Pittsburgh Steelers. I know they won the game 24-19, to but on fourth down, Mike Tomlin, go and kick the field goal. Put more pressure on that Dallas offense. They would have had to score a touchdown and a two-point conversion to force the game into overtime. You got away with it, but I guarantee you, come playoff time, if you pull that stuff again, you're going home as a loser. He knew Dallas wasn't a playoff team, so that's why he didn't. He wasn't worried. Well, well, you know that's why Pittsburgh gets one of my or Duds as well. Sydney, they didn't look prepared at all in that game. They didn't come to play. I don't know if they were schedule watching or you know or or what. You know, after the big emotional win over the Ravens last week, I mean, you can kind of see maybe a bit of an emotional letdown, but they didn't look prepared. Um, in that game. So that's what they, they get stuck to me. They had to, it had to be a, a comeback, you know, um, against the Cowboys who are historically bad um, on both sides of the ball. And they didn't really take advantage of it like you thought they would. So um, they get a stud for me. Arizona's defense gets a stud for me. I mean, a dud for me. I keep saying stud. Um, <laughs> a dud. Big old dud for me. Um, Kyler Murray. That was a great game to watch yesterday. It was. Yeah. Um, and you know, it was, it was a good entertaining game, but if Arizona wants to be for real, they've got to fix that defense. It has been bad all mm-hmm. season. Um, the, the bears don't even deserve a dud. They, they, just, they, they don't. <laughs> what you going to give them? What you going to give them? No, I'm actually not even putting them on the list. I'm actually, uh, giving this dud to the Seattle Seahawks secondary. Oh yeah. Um, they made Josh Allen look really, really good. And again, you know, Seattle's def- their defense is bad. And they've had to travel, you know, they were cross country. You know, it's always a tough game, you know, in those type of situations. But uh, Seattle's got to do something about their defense as well. Otherwise, they're not going to go as far as people think they could. Yeah. You, yeah. just, met- you just mentioned it, uh, Jason, with-, with Pittsburgh. I mean, and Sid, if you did as well. I mean, what the heck were they – you know, were they doing, were they just like, you know, keep an eye on the scoreboard maybe to see what Baltimore was doing, what Kansas City was doing. You know, it just seemed like, especially that play, like you, like you said, Jason, you can't do that again when it's a playoff time. You can probably get away. Yeah, you got away against a really de- depleted Dallas team, but you're not going to be able to do that in the playoffs. Um, Seattle, you just said too, Jason, that secondary, that's been an issue all season, and that might be an issue as they get close to the playoffs. And Arizona, 
what the heck were you doing? Okay, both the Niners got their butts kicked. Seattle lost. The Rams were off. This was your this was your chance to take yeah. the lead in the NFC West, but yet your defense yeah. and your play calling, Cliff Kingsbury, who look I like you a lot, but that was so those those two times where you only needed one yard or it was like fourth and inch or something like that. They could have went for it with Kyler Murray. They decided not to. They missed a couple of field goals. And they ended up losing, and now you're back to kind of in the middle of the pack and five and three of that log jam there. So you hope that those types of losses don't come back to bite you in the butt when it comes to playoff tie breaks and stuff. So I I don't know. I mean, so, sorry Arizona, but you're gonna get a dub for me. I think that's what happened with uh. I don't think Tampa Bay could afford to lose that game to the Saints. Not only did they lose twice to the Saints, now yeah. the Saints are number one in the NFC. So yep. it's gonna get interesting close to the end. Yep. Yeah. And you was mentioning yeah. Pitt. Go ahead, Jason. Yeah, no, no, I was just gonna say, yeah, T- Tampa Bay. I mean, I would have obviously given them a dud, but they, you know, we talked about them a lot at the start of the show. So, uh, but they, and and I still, you know, believe I think they're gonna end up being a force to be reckoned with. But you're right, Lamont. They couldn't. They, it was they almost couldn't afford to lose that game to New Orleans. Now they're only looking at possibly a three seed at best. Well, not even a three seed. Um, they, they, they'd have to count on New Orleans to, to kind of go in the tank a little bit. Um, they could be Lose looking a at couple. a road game in a, in, a, in a first round playoff matchup at this point. And that yep. in a cold city would not be good. Yep. All right. So wrapping things up here with our week nine uh, NFL matchups. I mean, we already did our picks for the Jets and Patriots. We uh, we expect, expect that to be a blowout, so we're not even going to bother talking about it. So um, see yeah. that you know now you know what's going to happen because you said that the Jets. Yeah, I doubt that's happening. <laughs> it's going to be a lot closer than people what people think it is. It might be closer though. Yeah, those divisional, divisional games are always. Uh, you know, Go ahead, Jason. No, no, no. I mean, I mean, I was just gonna say. Um, I mean, I would have said that, you know, at the beginning of of, of last week when I saw this game, um, the, the the Patriots don't have anybody. Um, and you know, Cam Newton with a bad fumble last week, you know, on a game-winning drive, obviously that that sort of uh, puts a spotlight and a magnifying glass on things. And he hasn't played well, so I'm not, you know, I, I'm not trying to give him too much of a pass either, but. The Patriots don't have anybody, especially on offense. They have no playmakers whatsoever. Um, it is a peanut shell of its former self. Um, and this game is going to be closer than what I think people are, are giving the Jets credit for, although they're, you know, they're one of my favorite teams to talk about in the league, considering how bad they are. <laughs> Well, they're going to be playing for Trevor Lawrence. We'll see about that. <laughs> right. Listen, listen, if I'm Trevor Lawrence, I'm going to Eli Manning. I don't want to go to the Jets. <laughs> yeah. He might go back That's... to school. Who knows? I, I, yeah, I think, I think he's going to go back to school. I don't think he's going to jump. Because would you go to the Jets? Nope. Oh, hell no. Just no. Another... Oh, hell no. <laughs> And that is our uh, week nine NFL breakdown. Um, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we're going to talk NBA. Looks like December 22nd might be the, might be the start date. Also, um, college hoops have released their preseason top 25 and also college Ooh. football. Some 
big games, uh, big performances this weekend, and uh, some uh, not-so-smart things that was done on the field. Uh, we'll talk more about that. And also, too, I have a question regarding Chicago, the future of Chicago sports. I thought of this last night. I wanted to bring it to the panel. All right. We'll have, okay. that, we'll have that teaser, too. So we'll be right back with more Second City Sports Zoom style. Zoom style. Boom. Welcome back to Second City Sports Zoom style. Zoom style. <laughs> Along with LaKeelan McGee and Lamont Scott, I am Sydney Brown. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at SidKid80. Once again, at SidKid80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You can follow me at Lamont Scott on Facebook, Lamont Scott 69 on Instagram, and Lamont Scott 16 on Twitter. You can follow me at Keenan at, you know, Keenan. McGee on Twitter and at Kina underscore McGee on the IG. And you can listen to this podcast, Second City Sports, as part of the We Are Regal Radio Network, a.k.a. War Media, by simply going to War on Anchor, which kicks you over to Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you download your podcast, make sure you look for War on Anchor. We are also at iHeartRadio. Please download the iHeartRadio app. When you do, type in that search engine box, War on Anchor. And we're also on YouTube. You can not only hear us, but you can watch us do our thing live as well. Once again, that's at War Media on YouTube. That's W-A-R-R Media. And you can watch us. We're real. We're live. <laughs> Ta-da. Ta-da. Hello. 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 We almost got it. We almost got it. We almost got it. <laughs> We're building the play while we're flying it, folks. We're building the play while we're flying it. <laughs> Look, Keenan, we have some breaking news regarding college football ahead of uh, this coming Saturday's action. Yes, we do. Uh, hold on. Let me, let me uh, get it here. So during, okay, at, during the game, you know, look, that was a big win for Notre for uh, also – Ah, a big game, you know, wrap your alley, Lamont, Alabama and LSU. Mm-hmm. It is, you know, this just came, literally just came across the wires of about, I think about 15, 10, 15 minutes ago that there were some positive tests among the, maybe it may be longer than that, but there are some positive tests among the LSU Tigers. And Ed Orgeron, the head coach there, says that multiple starters, including, you know, some, you know, I think like a, a few you know, top starters in the O-line and even like some wide receivers, that they may not be available and meaning that they may not be able to fill a team. So they may have to cancel that game. And if this is true, and it looks like that's what's going to happen here again, COVID is wreaking havoc in the, in the college football uh, scheduling. Yeah. Um, that can't be good. Uh, that can't be good. And I know they living by the so must go on type rules, but, if you don't got enough players, and I think that's that rule coming back to bite them in their booty about you have, to have, <laughs> you have to have a certain amount of scholarship players on your team to fill the team. So I think that might be coming back to bite them in their booty. So it's bad business. 
I'll say this is also bad business for CBS because they had to have that yep. game wrapped around this uh, golf masters coverage. I know Lakina is our golf expert. She'll mention it before we head off the uh, the show today. But uh, this game is, is scheduled as of right now in prime time for CBS. And if this game gets postponed or canceled, this is not good news for the for the progress. Of course, most importantly, we hope those players are okay, um, first and foremost. But second, secondarily, uh, this is not good news for CBS or both those programs. And there's going to be a lot of money lost there, even with the limited amount of fans that's supposed to be. I think it's a home game for LSU, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. So, yep. And so that that's going to be money limited right there. Um, fans limited right there, and money is going to be uh, affected. So uh, this is not good right now. Hopefully things can improve later on by the by the time we hop on and do our next podcast later in the week. But right now, like you said, it does not look good. Four players have tested positive so far, and others are being held out because of contact tracing. Um, mm-hmm. Probably this you know this goes back to the, the game last week for LSU against, I believe, Arkansas, I believe, that they, they played. So, yeah, it looks like it's not looking good at this point. We'll, we'll see what happens there. But uh, this is a fluid situation, obviously. You know, the protocol is, I guess, like the players, the high con- that must you know, the high contact you know, players, high-risk players, I should say, will have to quarantine for 14 days. And if it's just four positives, but yet the guys around him will probably have to be held out as well, that means that they may not be able to – be able to fill out a team or, or field a team. So that's why the rumors are that maybe LSU Alabama could be in jeopardy. And Alabama just got pushed to number one. So they really, they really want to see them on TV that night. That yeah, that that te- yeah, like like Sid said, I mean CBS, that's supposed to be a prime time game on CBS. And if the if they can't, if they're not gonna be able to play that game, whether it's either postpone or they have to cancel it entirely, you know, you're you're you're, you're scrambling <laughs> for for programming if you're CBS. Yeah, because you're looking at it like you got the number one team in the nation playing against the champions, so you got a big build up to it. But yeah, mm-hmm. they may not make it. Yeah, we'll see what happens there. I want to review what happened over the weekend in college football. Let's start off locally. Lamont, I uh, hate to say we have to start with some bad news, but the final line nine there are now 0-3. They lost to Minnesota by the score of 41-14. to What happened? They showed up. <laughs> <laughs> Day, okay. <laughs> <laughs> now that we refer to them as they. They, okay. They, they showed up. If they wouldn't have showed up, they would have won. Maybe by uh, some COVID postponement or something. I don't know. Lovey, lovey, like he going in the wrong direction, man. It only took four games to make it to the championship. You trying to make it backwards. That ain't cool. You know, that is not cool. Shout out to your other uh, Big Ten school. Our other local Big Ten school, they went to 3-0, so. Northwestern, <laughs> yeah. Shout out to them. Northwestern, yeah. yeah. They- Mm-hmm. They defeated the Nebraska Cornhuskers 21-13. Uh, to 13. Uh, Peyton Ramsey, uh, the quarterback for the Wildcats, 16-27 of 27 for 169 yards and two scores. Uh, uh, of course, uh, Northwestern's defense created a couple of big turnovers again. Uh, they had, I believe, seven turnovers all of last year. They had 
eight turnovers, I believe, through three games. So their Northwestern defense is turning it around, and it's been a big difference uh, with their hot start this year at 3-0. and all. Ned, Northwestern looking really good so far. So, uh, yeah, congrats to Coach Fitz. While y'all was still on football, um, you see that LSU story that was coming across about the wide receiver? No, what about it? They saying he uh, got violated by the police Saturday night. Yes, oh, yeah. that's why we see the Corey Moore alleges yeah. being, quote-unquote, violated by police. Moore said in the statement that police drew guns on him on Saturday night. I did see that uh, coming across the wire. Hopefully, the, whatever, whatever happened in that situation, hopefully it gets resolved peacefully and the truth comes out. That would be another player that's, that won't be on the field. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I saw that, too, across the wires. Um, uh Okay, State had a nice uh, win against K-State, sort of keeping in pace there for the Big 12 uh, title game. Uh, the defense, once again, I mean, Jason Taylor the second had a, fump, a scoop and score, so that kind of put the game out of reach for K-State. So a nice showing there by Mike Gundy. And, it, you know, they've had some of their guys banged up. Chuba Hubbard, I guess he got banged up. You know, I think he had a concussion, was not out of the game early. But you know, the Cowboys were, you know, were resilient and they were able to pull, pull that off and, you know, stay in, you know, in pace at the top for the first spot. And that Bedlam series are coming up in a couple of weeks. That's going to be a big one between them and Oklahoma. And Oklahoma's been playing better too. So this will be another good one. And so yeah, I, I looked at like a genius wearing my Notre Dame outfit on Friday, huh? <laughs> we'll get to that game in a moment. I got some thoughts on that. <laughs> Go ahead, Sid. Um, a couple other games that intrigued me uh, in college from last Saturday. Arizona State uh, lost a close one. Herb Edwards, I uh, feel for him. They lost their opener to number 20 USC Trojans, 28-27. to 27. Uh, Texas, number 22, they came back and they beat West Virginia 17-13. to 13. And you have uh, Michigan losing to Indiana. What's going on there? Indiana now – Three and zero, uh, beating Michigan, thirty-eight uh, twenty-one. Indiana got a good team, Sid. Yeah, gonna be tough, tough yeah, but that's the first time they've beaten Michigan since nineteen eighty-seven. So it's Michigan, been a Michigan been, right now, though. Michigan, Michigan, Harbaugh gonna be getting his pink slip and link card in a minute. Well, I mean, well, I know people were very high on Michigan earlier in the year. I wasn't. I always, you know, because they basically had to kind of start from scratch with both on both sides, and you're seeing that. That secondary is very young, but maybe not very good. So I think it's more youth than anything with with, with this Michigan team. So I, I feel like I think people need to kind of slow down on, you know, with, with everything going on because they, they have practices and spring practice and stuff like that. So, you know, I think people need to kind of slow down with their assessments. One team that I will say, though, that looked really impressive was Oregon. Oregon, mm -hmm. Oregon looked really good. Oh, yeah, yeah, T Tyler Shue, uh, Tyler Shot, I think that's his name. You know, the heir apparent to Justin Herbert, you know, had an interception early on, but was able to kind of, you know, overcome that, had a rushing touchdown and a, and a touchdown pass. C.J. Verdell, who's probably one of the top rushers in the country, he had a touch, touchdown, touchdown run and 105 rushing yards. So that, that Oregon team looked really good. And their defense actually played pretty, pretty well, too. So, you know, I, I think that this is sort of – if if you wanted a chance to kind of, if there is a chance for a Pac-12 team to kind of sneak in there and maybe perhaps make a case for the uh, the college football playoff, it could be Oregon. We'll see. 
but uh, so far, so good for Oregon. Yeah, they're off to another hot start, and we'll see if they can keep pace. Um, number eight, Florida, gets by Georgia, uh, who's ranked fifth in the country, 44 to 28. Cal uh, Trask for Florida does it again over uh, 474 yards and four touchdown passes. Now, Florida's starting to look good in that SEC. I'm not saying they're going to challenge Alabama or LSU, but uh, they're really uh, uh, making a strong case right now. And they lost a lot of guys on – Georgia got, lost a lot of guys on defense, too, the last couple yeah. of weeks. So that, that's, a, that's a big kind of glaring thing. But look, 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 a good win for Dan Mullen, Kyle Trask, and the rest of that Florida team. They could be right there probably – and now they actually have a, a chance to win the East, the SEC East. Yeah, but uh, let's go to the ACC. Uh, last Friday, uh, the the U. I don't know if you guys can see the U. What they're <laughs> doing, but um, the University of Miami, the Hurricanes, ranked number eleven. They get by NC State in the shootout, forty-four to forty-one. De'Ara King, who I had questions about early on in the season, uh, after a slow start, he really came back up, thirty-one for forty-one for 100, over four hundred thirty yards and five touchdown passes, and he led the team in rushing with 15 carries and 105 yards. Lamont? Yeah, no, uh, like I said, you said we was going to get to it later. I mean, I mean, we're going to have to start pulling out pats on the backs with Notre Dame. <laughs> I mean, I like what they did. They, they overcame the monster. And like you said, the ACC, I think they will meet again in the championship. And yeah, I now – yeah, go ahead, Lamont. And I think Clemson may be a little upset when they meet him. And then that quarterback going to be able to play five or six games, and he may not be making some of the rookie mistakes that he was making being this his second game. Yeah, and speaking of that game, as Lamont uh, re referred to it, last Saturday night, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish ranked number four. They defeated the number one Clemson Tigers at home in South Bend, 47-40 to 40 in double overtime. I did catch the last – half hour to 45 minutes of this game. Uh, it was very entertaining to watch. I didn't think Nor Nor Notre Dame had the offense to keep up with Clemson, but uh, I'll call him DJU, the quarterback from Clemson. As you mentioned, Lamont, he had a great game, 29 of 44 for 439 yards and two touchdown passes. Travis Etienne, he had his probably his worst game as a college player, 18 carries for only 28 yards. He did score a touchdown. His longest one was 13 yards, but Clemson really had to depend on their passing game, and that's what kept them in it. But their running game uh, suffered uh, big time. Yeah, they, um, go ahead, Kim. No, so I'll say for me, I, I think you know, not having Trevor Lawrence there, I think that played a real, you know, a real factor. Oh, yeah. Not having him there, I mean, look, DJU. I mean, he did his look. He did what he needed to do. I mean, but also, you know, the rushing. You know, ATM was wasn't able to get that rush, get that run going for them. And I think, look, they're off this week, but they they play you know, Florida State next uh, two weeks from now. Um, I don't think they're going to be in a very good mood. So I'm going to warn uh, Mike Norvell and his Seminoles right now. Uh, they're not going to be in a very good mood, and they might. Uh, Wards might be back by. Will probably be back by then, and he might take it out on. Mm -hmm. They might take it out on you guys. So uh, be you were warned. Uh, but listen, I mean, a nice win for Notre Dame. I'll give them credit, but they got they got a tough schedule. They got to play. They got to go at Boston College. They got to go at uh, North Carolina. So it's not. Winning their division in the ACC, it's not, it, it, it's not wrapped up for them by right now. We'll just say it like that. Yeah. 
Don't be tough. Uh, take a look at the statistics from the Notre Dame side of things. Ian Brooke, uh, he had a decent game, 310 yards and one touchdown pass on 22 or 39 passing. Kyron Williams, who was, in my opinion, was the MVP of that fighting Irish offense. He had 23 carries for 140 yards and three touchdowns. Of course, you had uh, Ian Brooke, uh, the quarterback. He had 15 carries of his, of his own for 68 yards. And uh, take a look at the receiving totals for the fire, uh, Fighting Irish. Uh, Javon McKinley, five receptions for 102 yards. And Avery Davis, even though he had 78 yard, receiving yards of four catches, he had uh, one big touchdown. Lamont? Yeah, no, I mean, what I, what I said about that game, I mean, I thought Clemson's secondary is the reason Notre Dame won that game. I didn't expect, mm -hmm. I'm not Ian Book fan. I mean, he's all right, but I'm not a big fan of his. So I think it was more so their secondary allowing uh, Notre Dame to come back and win that game and beat up on them and do all the things they were doing to them. So, I mean, shot definitely goes after Notre Dame. I did think they could pull it. And they did. I don't think they're happy with their number two ranking now. But I figure if you knock off number one and you was in the top five, you should be number one. That's just my call. I think because Lawrence didn't play, that's probably why they didn't that the voters didn't put him at number one, I believe. I think yeah, 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 you beat Clemson, you're able to pull it out, but the caveat is is that Lawrence wasn't there. And I think that's gonna that's gonna be the thing that'll probably play a factor once they do these playoff rankings. I want to ask you guys. Yeah, I want to ask you guys quickly. Do you think that Clemson and Notre Dame will meet up in the ACC title game, or do you think Miami will have something to say about it? Because I think Miami will have something to say about it. Even, yeah, even though even though even they don't play Notre Dame, I think I think Notre Dame will lose a couple. I, I just think my gut's telling me that they, they may lose at Boston College this weekend. Mm. Oh, and they got to go to North Carolina, too. So, you, you, you think Mac Brown will have his mm -hmm. boys ready. Yeah. I don't know. That's a tough one, uh, Sid. That's, that's a tough one. Yeah, because I think they're going to have something to say about it before the season's over. They might. And real, yeah. And real quick before we move on here, uh, Ohio State, they, they take care of Rutgers 49-27. to 27. I think this guy will probably be the number one choice for the Heisman now. Justin Fields, he was 24 or 28 for 314 yards and five touchdown passes. He, yeah, he might. He, I think you know, with Lawrence being out, I think he's the new leader in the clubhouse for the Heisman. Mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. Also also, one, uh, real quick before we move on, Zach Wilson, the quarterback from BYU, he had two touchdown passes and a touchdown run. Some people are saying that maybe the Bears, he's a senior, so, you know, some people say the Bears might, you know, consider him maybe perhaps, you know, for a Bear. I mean, I mean, we'll see how they finish, but they had a big win against Boise State, so, you know, they, they've had their kind of issues with scheduling and whatnot, so we'll see if they'll be – they'll if they don't run out of gas by the time the season's over with. And also shout out to Cincinnati too, my guy Desmond Ritter. You know, he had another big game for them. Yeah. In Cincinnati. For Cincinnati, yep. Cincinnati might have something to say for the uh for the playoffs, just saying. <laughs> yeah, Cincinnati ain't going away. Don't look like they're going away no time soon. Shout out to Little Fickle for building that program up. Yep, not just a basketball school no more. Yep, yep. <laughs> All right. You're listening to Second City Sports. 
with Lakina McGee and Lamont Scott. I am Sydney Brown. And here's the question that uh, I came up with last night, but I want to throw it at you guys. And I want to throw it to our listeners and viewers as well. You can, if you're watching us on YouTube, you can, of course, go to War Media, like, share, subscribe, and you can leave your comments by, uh, below And after I ask this question. Uh, given the state of our sports teams here in Chicago, uh, the question came to my mind is, who will be the next Chicago, sports Chicago superstar? And I'll give you guys four choices I came up with. For the Blackhawks, it was really tough between Kirby Doc and Alex Dabrinkit, but I'm going with Alex Dabrinkit, especially the season that he had, uh, not this past season, but uh, 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 the season before in 2020. 2019, I should say, with 40-plus goals. For the Chicago White Sox, Eloy Jimenez. And for the Chicago for the Chicago Bulls, Zach Levine. And for the Chicago Cubs, Javi Baez. I'll run them down again. Who will be the, the future next Chicago sports superstar? Alex Dabrinkit from the Blackhawks. Eloy Jimenez from the Chicago White Sox. Javi Baez for the Chicago Cubs, or Zach Levine for the Chicago Bulls. Notice I left out the Chicago Bears because looking at their roster and potential free agents and the way they have been performing, I could not come up with one, so I left the Bears out. Lakina, I'll start with you. Ooh, a tough one. Um, I'm going to say Aloy. I think, I think Aloy is probably in the best position to kind of break out and be kind of like that big Chicago, next big Chicago uh, sports, pro sports superstar. He'll have, you know, Tony Lewis there to kind of guide him. And I, I, I'm sure he's not going to let, you know, let him, you know, not be who he is. So I'm not worried about that. If it, like, it just may perhaps be DH him and maybe, or maybe he got, maybe he might be better, you know, whoever, you know, that, you know, Tony Lewis mm-hmm. sort of surround himself with staffing wise, maybe he'll be a better Eli might be a better uh, fielder now, and I we all have to have to, have to uh, you know. Yeah, we all have to, and we will have to like you know cringe every time he hits the wall. <laughs> but uh, I think Eli, I think Eli, I think out of the four names you mentioned, I think Eli is probably in the best position right now to kind of break through and be that next Chicago sports superstar. Um, I'm a, I'm a disagree with you slightly. He came in second though. No, maybe a tie for second. I'm gonna have to go with Zach Levine. Reason being, he got two things he ain't never had, a coach and a point guard. The point guard being Maurice Cheeks, not Kobe White. Kobe White will learn from Maurice Cheeks, which will in turn remind Zach Levine that you're not a point guard. You're the shooting guard, and we're going to allow you to be that. I can see Zach Levine developing into like a Mitch Richmond type. But Mitch Richmond was just as good as Jordan for some of them years. That was scary. If you ask Jordan who was the best shooting guard in the league when he played, he's going to say Mitch Richmond. Mitch Richmond was a dangerous man. So I would not be mad at a cop of Mitch Richmond at all. But Zach Levine, I think, will be our next marquee superstar. I want to ask you about them off the team. Okay. I want to ask you this. Yeah, I want to ask you this question, Lamont, before I give my answer out. Uh, in terms of Zach Levine, assuming that the Bulls will make the playoffs within the next couple of years or so, when they are really serious and when they are ready, hopefully within the next few years to contend for a title, do you think that he can be a leader of a championship title team, or do you think he's like a Jimmy Bully? He'd be your second or third banana on the championship team. I think I think he's gonna be like a 
it's gonna be like a second type situation, like one two flip flop situation. Because I see whoever becomes that second leader or that first leader will have to co-lead with him over the next couple of years. So whether it become Kobe White or Lori Marketing, because I don't see him bringing that third leader in. You know what I'm saying? So it's gonna be more so of them learning how to become base back the best basketball players they can be. And that's kind of what AK does with basketball players. If you look at that model that he built out, uh, out west, so I think mm-hmm. that will happen. I think he will greatly benefit from some real coaching. I think that will help him a whole lot. And if those Chris Paul rumors have any type of truth to him, I think that would help his career immensely. I think if that if they were to pull that off for a year or two. I think that would help him out so much. They talk about how Chris Paul loved Billy Dom's uh, loved coach, and if that happens, can you imagine the kind of guard Kobe White become learning under Chris Paul and learning from Maurice Cheeks? Can you imagine Zach Levine not having to do everything but wait for the ball and let Chris Paul put him in the best position to dunk on somebody like he's good at? I mean, so it it, it has its upsides, and I think he'll be the face in a couple of years. My answer will stick with the field of baseball, but not as you think. I'm going with Javi Baez, and here's why. Yes, he has a a championship ring from the 2016 uh, team, but he was a young player back then, and he wasn't even playing every day. He was just starting to come to his own. Now I know people can argue that Anthony Rizzo is the face of the team. I get that from a marketing standpoint, but overall as your uh, best player on the team is Javi Baez. Uh, Fans like him. I don't know if Major League Baseball, they have problems just like the NHL in marketing their players, but Javi Baez, Baez is coming into his own, and uh, he has almost a, a, the five tool, a tools of a five-tool player. Uh, he's a leader both on and off the field. You've seen him, you, you've seen him in the last couple of years doing Toyota commercials and other local uh, spots here and there. He's clearly become the face of that uh, Cubs franchise. I know he's looking – one of the few players that's looking for a long, long-term deal, I think the Cubs are going to give it to him. He's the face of that franchise. He does everything that he's supposed to do. And um, like I mentioned before, he's a fan favorite. I think he'll be the next breakout superstar for the Chicago Cubs, well, for next breakout superstar in terms of the future of the Chicago sports. I can see all four of those names you mentioned, Sid, perhaps. Debrinkit, mm-hmm. I think, is, is another name that I think could probably be <coughs> – to be that next superstars, um, pardon me, but it's also going to depend on how the, the Blackhawks do and what direction mm-hmm. the Blackhawks decides to go when it comes to either a full-on rebuild or they're going to kind of like half-ass it and perhaps you'll see what it goes and maybe perhaps maybe make a case for the playoffs. I don't know. Um, I think Levine, Levine, look, I think Levine actually has a competent coaching staff now, so we'll see how he develops. Will he be kind of, you know, break out and be kind of in that next level? Who knows? I mean, he is right there. Um, Javi, I think, like I said, it's going to be the same thing. It depends on what the Cubs decide to do. So I, I think it, in both these cases, I think it's going to depend on what the teams themselves, what directions that they that they end up going. Because, you know, Javi, look, Javi had, you know, if you look at the stats, Javi was right there in the top five for all the big stats, top five mm-hmm. or top ten, you know, in MLB for the shortened season. So w- w- we'll see. I mean – 
you know, assuming next year we get a full season, you know, we'll see how both he and and uh, Eloy sort of, you know, match up, depending on where the where their what direction their teams are going to be going. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you a little bit on the hobby thing. Um, he's already Mr. Electricity, so all he needs is the right camera in front of him because they love him already. So it's quite possible, but we're gonna see. All right, Lakina, what do you else do you have before we wrap up? Okay, so the Masters are gonna start. They start this week, and uh, it'll be very interesting to see because. It's going to be in November, you know, this is November, and um, CBS, they already said that um, for the their football, their NFL coverage is going to be a single header, so it's going to be done mm -hmm. before 3 o'clock our time, which is going to be totally, <laughs> going to totally, you know, catch a lot of guys off guard. We'll see where Tiger is. We'll see where, you know, Bryce Stevens, DeChambeau, DeChambeau, he might tear the course up. Yeah, they we'll said up everybody, ain't they? Yeah, yeah. So uh, we'll see what Phil does. You know, we know Sergio Garcia, who's a former champion from a couple of years ago. He's not gonna be able to play because he tested mm -hmm. positive for COVID, so he's out. So we'll we'll see. I mean, you know, with everything going on, you know, ESPN's gonna, you know, College Gate is gonna be there too on Saturday. So that's gonna be that should be a that should be fun too. So I'm I'm looking forward to the Masters. I mean, I I, I can't wait. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah. Like I always say, hopefully Tiger is in the is in the race come Sunday. Yeah. Hockey is all. I mean, golf is always better when Tiger's in the race on the weekend. Exactly. Well, especially in the major too. Also, mm -hmm. real quick before we before we disperse, Gonzaga is the number one preseason college hoops. They they start their season in a in a few weeks. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, a little dry uh, today, but uh. Going through some of the rankings, it's Gonzaga one, number two, Baylor, Villanova three, Virginia four, Iowa five, Kansas six, seven, Wisconsin, Illinois at number eight, Duke at nine, you know, Kentucky at 10, you know, finish it up, the, you got Creighton, Tennessee, Michigan State, Texas Tech, West Virginia, North Carolina, Houston, Arizona State, Texas, Oregon, Florida State. UCLA, Ohio State, Rutgers, and Michigan. That's your top 25. Any sort of early indications for college hoops you guys have? Uh, you think you think this Illinois team going to be the Lou Henson Illinois team or the Darren Williams Illinois team? It's, it's, they're, they're the toughest spot in, uh, in the Big Ten because that, that, that conference is loaded. <laughs> I know. That's why I'm tripping on their number eight. Like, Really? No, 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 no. With a lot of the guys back, yeah, I can see them being in the preseason top ten. But the problem is Iowa's up there too. So is Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. So that that's going to be a bit. And Michigan State too, yo. Tom Izzo sort of lurking in the background. So, yeah, it's going to be very interesting in the Big Ten this year. They also got Minnesota, Nebraska. We'll see what Fred Horberg does. You know, they, they might make a big make, make a big breakthrough there too. So, I don't I know. I want to see what Michigan does. As you mentioned, LaCanna, that I think they're uh, at last at number 25, uh, uh, homeboy Jawan Howard, who's entering year number two on the bench at, uh, at, at Ann Arbor. Uh, I know Michigan's uh, got out to a hot start last year, kind of struggled in Big Ten play, but they, they did kind of rebound nicely before the COVID shutdown. I want to see if they can uh, do better in year two. I think, Sid, I think if they stop shooting threes, they will do better. Because with him being a big man, his team don't do nothing but shoot threes. 
Yeah, we talked about that last year. Yep. Yeah. Also, Rutgers, too, I mean, they were they almost were able to go back to the tournament for the first time in, like, almost 30 years. But a lot of those guys are back. So we'll see where they're at. And maybe they could probably have maybe a challenge for the Big Ten title. Is Ron Harper's son back? Um, I'm not sure. I think he is. Hold on. Let me, let me check. Let me check right quick. But, uh. He was, I mean, he was trouble for the Illini in both their games last year. My he was trouble for a lot of people last year. And well, he was uh, dunk. Hold on. Let me see. Uh, uh, he is back. Yep. Yep. He's in the preseason. Yeah, he's in the preseason uh, all Big Ten. So, yeah, so he is back. Uh, just watching the Big Ten is going to be uh, the, the whole season within itself, like you mentioned, Lakina. They were good last year, about seven, eight, nine teams qualifying for the tournament. Of course, we all know why it didn't happen, but we can see the same problem this year. Yeah. It it's, wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, it, it's going to be uh, – look, it's going to be a log jam. Like I said, that Big, that big Ten, I mean, like we just mentioned, you got Iowa, Wisconsin, Illinois, Rutgers, Michigan State – Michigan, Nebraska. Um, I mean, it's it's going to be very interesting in the Big Ten and uh, for college too, because it's going to be load. They're loaded, so yeah, it's going to be very interesting. Yeah. Uh, um, but other than other than like you say, Illinois. I was just looking at the schedule over here. Yeah, they may have a trouble holding on to that eight spot. Because it ain't looking good, not schedule-wise. Yeah, because we'll we'll yeah, we'll I, yeah, I know Illinois, they played Duke, I uh, think, in the first five games of the year in December. So I forgot what date that was, but that's going to be a real test. You know, Duke is ranked number 10, I believe. Yep. Yeah, but, you know, Duke don't strike fear in the hearts of people like it used to. Also, our local teams, too, Southern Illinois, they may have a breakthrough year in the Missouri Valley, Loyola. A lot of expectations are there for Porter Mosler and, that, uh, and, and uh, the Ramblers and also in the Missouri Valley. So, you know, Illinois State, we'll see. You know, they were supposed to have been to the Wichita tournament last year. We'll, we'll see where, where they're at. So, you know, it's going to be very interesting locally, too. We'll see if there's some big breakthroughs. Also, Northern, too, because they could have they went last year, this, this past last season. Yeah, yeah. Out of the mat. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it's going to be very – it's a college hoop starts in a few weeks, guys. <laughs> kind of, it kind of snuck up on everybody with everything going on. But, uh, yeah, it, it, it's, it's happening. <laughs> Do y'all see any uh, major moves next week in that draft coming up? Y'all see anybody making any major moves before we get there? I'll be interested to see what the, the Bulls trade down. I was talking with uh, – that's gonna be like the thing that I'm gonna be wondering here. Will the will the uh, the Bears uh, will the Bulls I should say trade down if, at that number four pick? Yeah, they can drop down to about number seven and get the same person. It's going to be interesting to see, you know, what's the uh, wheeling and dealing like dealing is like because they haven't signed all the uh, papers as far as in terms of the salary cap because we all know that major players get moved for draft picks around this time of year. So I don't know if we're going to see any any major moves. But it's 2020, so uh, uh, surprising things have happened this year. So but I don't anticipate any major moves in the NBA draft because after the draft, you got to turn around the next two or three, 
two or three weeks. December first is is training camp already. You start the season on December twenty second. So I don't know if you're gonna see a whole lot of moves trade wise. I think it's good having them so close together though, so them players can get right in there and build off of that momentum of being mm -hmm. drafted and get right after. Yeah, I mean, look, the Christmas is a perfect time, and you don't have to worry about the NFL. You know, all the other, you know, everything else takes a day off, too, so you'll have the spotlight to themselves. Yeah, it looks bad for LeBron because LeBron, you know, he's 35 now. He's not going to be able to kind of – it'll probably take him a, a, a few games to kind of get back into, into playing shape, you know, especially, you know, for the rest of the Lakers and for the Heat. So, and also they still got to figure out traveling. I mean, are they going to, like, mm -hmm. keep it regional? Are they going to – it's going to be, like uh, – are they going to limit the cross-country uh, game? So – you know, you still got the virus going going around, and also too with the numbers going up in a lot of these states. That's gonna be gonna be very interesting. Yep, the virus ain't going nowhere. Somebody said it'd be gone if they would have won, but it ain't gone because you didn't win. So it's rough out there. <laughs> it's gonna be interesting to see. Also, it will it be an exclusive um, conference only schedule, even though it's a seventy two game season, or will you have a, a few? Uh, interconference matchups because let's just say for example the Bulls will play the Lakers. Uh, 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 you won't be playing them twice, one on each home court. Will the Lakers come here to Chicago? Will the Bulls fly out to California? That's going to be interesting because you, uh, everybody won't be playing everybody in 2021. Yeah, I'm not a big fan. I'm not a big fan of that low management stuff, though. I mean. I'm kind of old school when it comes to that. Same thing with baseball. Like, I get frustrated at baseball with them using pitchers for only one and two innings or for right-hand batters or taking a starter out in the fifth inning. I'm not a fan of all that. I'm a throwback. I'm a Nolan Ryan, pitch seven complete games in the year. You know, I'm one of them kind of guys. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll see. I mean, I'm sure you know LeBron's going to do it. I'm sure you know Kawhi's going to do it. You know, we'll see. Maybe if, if a, excuse me, if AD does it. I mean, like I said, with the with the schedule being so condensed, you know, the seventy two games. We'll see what happens, you know, especially if they do just stick with the divisions, just you know, keep it regional. There won't be any like cross country until the playoffs, and they may do a bubble for the playoffs too. So, I don't know. It's still a lot of unanswered questions about the NBA season coming up. You know, it's supposed to start in a, like a little over a month. Yeah. Yeah, I'm interested to see how how that schedule is coming out. And uh, before my audio uh, broke up uh, in our last podcast, uh, many of these places, like you mentioned, Lakina, the the COVID cases are going up and the positivity rates are going up. Many of these places may may probably will start the year without fans, including here in Chicago. But once we get into the spring, March, and April towards playoff time you'll have limited amount of fans in there. Maybe you'll have a full house if this quote-unquote vaccine comes out, but we'll see what happens as the, the days, weeks and days uh, come upon us. Well, uh, a little note about the vaccine. I mean, mass distribution won't be out until perhaps maybe summer at the earliest of next year. Mm -hmm. So, you know, don't, don't expect any full crowds. I'll, I'll say that. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. All right, anything else that's on y'all minds before we disperse? Did you see uh did you see uh Kayla Anderson tweet about, Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. yeah, did you remember it, huh? 
a very a very vague I told you so there for for Kayla. Shout out to our yeah. girl for WKR Ed who previewed the uh, Titans Bears game with us. Kayla Anderson, she was right on what she said about Desmond King. Yeah, and she reminded us of it too. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah, shout out to her. I, I gave her a thumbs up back on the on the Twitter. So yeah, shout, shout out to her. Yeah, a very a very uh very uh classy vague I told you so from Kayla. Yeah, so. but she but she was right though about Desmond King. She's I mean, she still said it. Yeah, she was right though. I mean, the, I mean he he was actually you know for somebody for his first game with the Titans he looked really good on defense. Yeah. All right. Any others? Any other thoughts from you, Sid? Uh, just real quick before we head out, we'll, we will have a surprise guest on our next show. We won't say who that is. You'll have to tune into our next episode, but Batman. we're going to talk everything basketball and everything else in between. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> Batman, okay. Yeah, well, so the K Crusaders come to Second City Sports Zoom style. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, Lamont. <laughs> think big. Think big. We're going to have one of the Avengers here. We got to think big. Oh, like Captain America. <laughs> Captain America is coming on the show here, folks. Oh, my God. All right. On that note, you can follow me at Keenan McGee on Twitter and at Keenan McGee on the Instagram. You can follow me at Lamont Scott on Facebook, Lamont Scott 69 on Instagram, Lamont Scott 16 on Twitter. You can follow yours truly, Sydney Brown, on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, CK80. That's S I D K I D 80. That's S I D K I D 80. And you can follow our website at weareregalradio.com. That's W E A R E R E G A L radio.com. And you can listen to this podcast, Second City Sports, along with our other programming, podcast programming for War Media, just by searching War on Anchor. We're also on iHeartRadio. When you download the iHeartRadio app, please type in that search engine box, War on Anchor. And we're also on YouTube at War Media. Once again, at WARR Media on YouTube. You can not only listen to us, you can watch us as well. As we do our thing, you can see our lovely, intelligent faces. All right. So it's going to be cooler starting tomorrow, guys. So... Make sure to dress more. Make sure to be safe out there. Make sure to be good to each other. So enjoy the games. You know, wear your mask for the guys. I'm Lakin. This has been Second City Sports Zoom style. Peace. Till next time. Holla. <laughs>